0: So when you're eating something that has very little fiber, it's hard to be satiated. This is one of the reasons why we feel good when we eat vegetables because uh, whole vegetables and whole fruits and whole grains and nuts and seeds are very high in fiber and that keeps us satiated. And so then the key is to make sure you're getting enough uh, nutrients, including protein, by eating things, let's say like lentils or pumpkin seeds or other high protein foods like quinoa and tofu and tempeh and so on. So it's not to say that, Uh, just merely subtracting meat from your diet is going to mean that you will be healthy but it is to say that you can be perfectly healthy without meat and in fact uh, lots of people do it
1: they say that life is full of opportunities right so why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow.
2: Welcome everyone to our show today. I think you guys are going to be pretty interested in the guest that I have today. He's got a pretty interesting story and has created a company that I would never have even imagined. So I'm not going to go into what that is yet other than I'll tell you a little bit about him. So today we have Paul Shapiro. And let me tell you just a little bit about him. He's an author of a national bestselling, Clean Meat, how growing meat without animals. Yes, I said without animals <laughs> will revolutionize dinner for the world. And he is a CEO of the Better Meat Company and a four-time TEDx talk and the host of Business for Good podcast. Awesome. Well, Paul, welcome to our show today.
0: Thanks, Donna. It's great to be with you.
2: Happy to have you. So, Paul, tell us how, or I'm sure this company, you didn't just decide one day, we're going to create meat without animals. What even got you even interested in doing something like this, first of all?
0: Uh, You know, Donna, it didn't come out of nowhere, Um, and I'm certainly not the first person to try to do this, but I'll tell you, uh, the the planet is not getting any bigger. So humanity's humanity's footprint on the planet is getting a lot bigger, but the planet itself is just not getting bigger. And one of the primary ways that we leave that footprint is through our food print, principally in the amount of meat that we eat. It just is no longer any secret. It takes a lot of land, a lot of water, a lot of greenhouse gas emissions to raise animals for food. In fact, raising animals for food is the number one cause of deforestation on the planet. It's the number one driver of wildlife extinction. It's a major contributor to climate change and more. The problem is that you know we have 8 billion of us and meat demand continues to increase. So um, I would love it. If people were happy to eat bean and rice burritos and lentil soup and hummus, that's great. I love those foods myself, but uh, people seem to really like eating meat. And we have 8 billion today, many of whom want to eat more meat than they do. We've got another 2 billion coming onto the planet in the next 30 years uh, through population growth. So we're gonna have 10 billion, but again, the planet's just not getting any bigger. So presumably all these people are gonna want to eat meat. So how can we satiate (laughs) say- (laughs) exactly like right exactly that's exactly right donna like we're not going to be farming the moon we're not going to be farming mars we have one celestial body to farm it's right here on earth and we don't want to have to cut down the rest of the amazon rainforest we don't want to drive more wildlife species into extinction um but we do want to sustain ourselves and so if we want to eat meat which it seems like a lot of people do we're going to have to find ways to satiate humanity's meat tooth without animals and this is a hard thing to do i mean it's like creating energy without fossil fuels You know, if we want to continue driving and flying and doing all the things that we like to do, we have to find ways to do them without fossil fuels. Uh, It would be great if people wanted to walk and bike, that would be really nice, but a lot of people want to drive and fly. And so can we do that uh, while lightening our footprint on the planet? And there are a lot of ways that you can create energy without fossil fuels. Wind, solar, geothermal, and more. Well, there's a lot of ways that you can create meat experiences without animals too. You do go to the plant kingdom, and turn plants into things that taste like animal meat. You can go to the animal kingdom and you can use animal cells to grow real animal cells to make them into actual animal meat that didn't involve animal slaughter. Uh, Or you can go to the fungi kingdom and use microscopic fungi in what's called a microbial fermentation to create uh, meat type foods that give the same satisfying feeling but are much lower footprint, and of course, much healthier for you as a consumer too. So those are three of the ways that you can create meat experiences without the need to raise and slaughter animals for food. And maybe there's more too that nobody else has invented yet, but those are the primary three ways that people are investigating at this time, Donna. And uh, in my book, which you are kind enough to mention, Clean Meat, I talk about this effort to bring slaughter-free meat to America and the world's table. And in my own company, The Better Meat Co., we're trying to use microbial fermentation to create those steaks and those chicken breasts and more without the need for actual animals.
2: Okay, okay, so I wish I had something that we could like actually show them, but we can't. So you're talking like an actual steak. Like it is like, it looks like a steak, it feels like a steak. Am I guessing that's correct? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, wow. you know, what, what people want is the meat experience, right? Nobody's sitting around thinking, oh, I'm so glad an animal was slaughtered for this. If they don't right. think about it
2: right. You know, yeah.
0: like when, when you walk into a room and you flip on a light switch, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, I'm so glad that they mined coal or oil to get this. And you don't even think about it. Maybe it's coming from wind or solar or coal or oil. You don't glad know. You've no, <laughs> right. You, yeah, you just want light. You just want light in a room. And the same thing is so when we eat meat, when we eat meat, people are looking for an experience. They're not sitting around thinking about how did this get to my table? They're not thinking, oh, I'm so glad it came out of an animal's body. Uh, they just want meat. They like that feeling of eating meat and all the things that are associated with it, satiation, the chew, the taste, flavor, etc. And we can do that. We can replicate that. Yes, even a steak um, oh. with, without the need to raise and slaughter animals. And again, you can do it with actual animal cells Or you can do it with microscopic fungi, you can do it with plants like peas and wheat and soybeans and so on. Um, But you really can today get really close to creating an experience that if you didn't know it wasn't conventional animal meat, you would just happily eat it and not think twice about it.
2: Wow, that is just amazing that you can do that, first of all. And... You know, at first I was thinking it was more about, you know, just being more healthy and eating, you know, cause they say, if you don't eat meat, you have more energy and there's all these different like studies out there. Right. So, um, I was kind of thinking it was more in that aspect, but it sounds like it's not, it's more in the environment. It's more about the environment, it's more about saving animals and, not destroying our planet in the process and being able to still have that experience of eating meat. So how does this grow? Is it grow in a lab? How does it work? Can you kind of explain a little bit more of that?
0: Yeah, sure. So, you know, first, I think you're right. This is definitely a way to help the planet and improve animal welfare, but it is better for us personally too. So for example, you know, you, you can, for example, make Um, products that really look and taste like conventional meat that have no cholesterol and no saturated fat that have more fiber in them. Uh, So there are real benefits to you for switching from slaughter-based meat to slaughter-free meat. Now, at the same time, to answer your question directly, imagine, Donna, that you walk into a beer brewery. You're gonna see big steel vats and you're gonna see microbiologists and white lab coats walking around taking notes on everything from the temperature to the pH to the oxygen. Like it's gonna look like a laboratory, right? Mm-hmm. But they're they're just using fermentation. They're fermenting something that you want, in this case, beer or wine. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine if instead of fermenting beer or wine, we were fermenting something that was a high protein meat-like food. That is what, if you come to the Better Meat Co., which is uh, the company that I run here in Sacramento, California, when you walk in, it really looks like a beer brewery, except coming out at the end isn't beer. It is a, a high-protein meat that is made from microscopic fungi. So and that was my next turn.
2: question was, what is it? does it have a lot of protein in it? And you're saying it's high protein. So is it higher protein than normal meat?
0: Well, the product that we make, which is a mycoprotein, M-Y-C-O, myco as in fungi, Mm -hmm. um, it has more protein on its own, before you even add anything to it, on its own as an ingredient. It's got more protein than eggs, it's got more iron than beef, more potassium than bananas, more fiber than oats, it naturally contains vitamin B12, but it has no cholesterol and no saturated fat, and it has a lot of fiber. So a lot of fiber, which is really important because one of the things that people like to talk about, especially in America, is protein. We're very obsessed, even though not not you, nobody in your family, nobody you've ever met probably is deficient in protein. It's just almost non-existent in America as protein deficiency um, because we eat more protein than we need. What is rampant though is fiber deficiency. More than 90% of Americans don't get enough fiber. So pretty much that means nearly every person you ever meet doesn't get enough fiber. And the results of that are pretty bad. It's not just increased constipation, but it's also things like colon cancer and other really serious ailments that are associated with fiber deficiency. And so you don't get fiber from meat. You know, animals have bones. So we have skeletons. That's what holds us up. Plants don't have skeletons. So fiber is what holds them up. So you only get fiber from plants. You can't get it from meat. In our case, you get the protein that you want because it's a high protein product. But you also get the fiber that you need and so you really satisfy all of those desires and needs that we have when we're looking for that superfood that we can use to nourish both ourselves and create a more sustainable food future for humanity as well.
2: Wow, you called it superfood now that that entices me because You know, I'm all about health and wellness. And I actually used to be no meat. Like I I really didn't get enough protein. I know that you said there's not too many people that are protein deficient. I got protein in, you know, some things, but I felt like, I I don't know. I just had trouble with um, like 10 pounds. You know, I was like, maybe it's because I'm getting older whatever. But once I started implementing meat back into my diet, it actually shred that, but I, I feel better when I eat more veggies or other things. So I'm curious, does it make people feel good, better? I mean, I'm guessing it does because you don't have all the cholesterol and the fat. So that's
0: right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, fiber satiates you. It's what keeps you full Mm -hmm. and So when you're eating something that has very little fiber, it's hard to be satiated. This is one of the reasons why we feel good when we eat vegetables, because uh, whole vegetables and whole fruits and whole grains and nuts and seeds are very high in fiber, and that keeps us satiated. And so then the key is to make sure you're getting enough uh, nutrients, including protein, by eating things, let's say, like lentils or pumpkin seeds or other high-protein foods like quinoa and tofu and tempeh and so on. So it's not to say that Uh, just merely subtracting meat from your diet is going to mean that you will be healthy, but it is to say that you can be perfectly healthy without meat. In fact, uh, lots of people do it. Uh, So the key is to find the right balance of what to feed yourself. But I would say, Donna, it doesn't need to be all or nothing. You know, you don't have to go whole hog or go no hog. Uh, You know, you can uh, try something out, you know, maybe people who are listening are thinking, "Oh, I would never stop eating meat, but maybe they can try a meatless Monday, or maybe they want to do what Mark Bittman, the famous cookbook author does. He wrote a book called Vegan Before 6 p.m. where he eats vegan before 6 p.m. and after 6 p.m. he eats whatever the heck he wants. Uh, I, talked to some, I talked to somebody recently who is vegan weekdays and eats anything that she wants on the weekends. Um, you know, there's all different ways to look at this. So you don't have to be all or nothing. And the key is not perfection, the key is progress. And each of us can make, continually make progress in our lives to try to do a little bit better. And one of the ways we can do that is to eat fewer animals
2: Right, yeah, no, I love the whole concept of this. I know my viewers are gonna ask me, how long has this been out? Have they done studies on it? And are people finding benefits from that?
0: Yeah, so it depends on what it is. So let's first take the first bucket here, plant-based meat. So Mm -hmm. things like Impossible Foods, Beyond Meat, these have been out for years. People have been eating them uh, quite ravenously. These companies are doing very well. Um, and they're shown to be safe, like the FDA has declared them to have entirely safe ingredients. And so what you do find, though, with these is that studies have shown that when you switch from animal based meat to these plant based meats, that you actually do get improvements in your cholesterol. And that is a really big deal. Uh, yeah. High cholesterol is a major problem in America and other affluent countries where we eat a lot of meat. So that's a really big deal. Um, Then when you look at the animal cell culture products, like growing real animal cells, that's not even for sale yet in the United States. So it has not been out even for one day in the United States, but there's lots of companies working on it and they are attracting hundreds of millions of dollars of venture capital. And you can see the trajectory that they're going on to gain regulatory approval here in the United States to start selling those products in the coming years. Then the third category, which is mycoproteins, which is, again, microscopic fungi, um, has been out on the market for some time. It has been shown by the FDA to be safe, and it is a product that is a complete Protein. So if you think about different proteins, they have different levels of digestibility, meaning some of them may not have all of what we call the essential amino acids, and we consider them essential because your body can't make them. So some amino acids your body can make on its own, others are essential, meaning you need to ingest them through your diet. And uh, a lot of plant foods do not contain all of the essential amino acids, but mycoprotein does. And so it's actually a complete protein that is really beneficial for your health. And studies have shown that it's really great for adding muscle. It's really great for reducing cholesterol and so on.
2: Wow, this sounds great. I'm, I'm like wanting to try it because I, I really want to make sure that I'm keeping myself in really optimum health. And so it's important to me. So if I was to where, I mean, like I don't live in California, so how do I get this meat and be able to get it to my door?
0: Sure. Well, there's lots of ways. So first off, you know, we've been talking about companies. I mentioned Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat. They're certainly available everywhere. They're in KFC and Burger King. Like you can get those plant-based options pretty much anywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of mycoprotein, there's a one company that is sold uh, throughout the country. It's called Corn. That's Q U O R N. And they have a lot of really cool products. Um, and then as far as the Better Meat Co. is concerned, we are a B2B ingredients company. So we're not selling direct to consumers. You're not gonna go into Walmart and find a product that says Better Meat Co. on it. What we do is we sell to food companies. So as an example, we sell to Purdue Farms, the chicken company, and they make a 50-50 nugget. It's 50% plant, 50% chicken. And that product is called Purdue Chicken Plus. And so it's got a quarter cup of vegetables per serving of chicken nuggets, despite the fact that it looks and tastes just like a regular chicken nugget. You really cannot tell. In fact, the Food Network named it the single best tasting frozen chicken nugget in America. So Think wow. about that. Like the best tasting frozen chicken nugget in America is only 50% chicken. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Imagine if all chicken nuggets could be 50% chicken, you would need billions of fewer chickens, and you'd need much less land and water needed to grow the food. Uh, So those are a few of the ways that you can uh, go out and get these products. Other companies that I haven't mentioned make really great plant-based options, too, like Light Life Foods, which has a lot of really phenomenal offerings in the chicken and beef space as well. Um, But there's a lot. There's a lot of really cool companies out there now that are widely in distribution and offering a great way, again, to satiate your meat tooth without the need for animals.
2: Okay, so mm-hmm. so it sounds like, um, so you're just bringing the information out there. Is that what I'm hearing?
0: You,
2: <laughs> I mean, you do well, have a company, I'm, you have I the do. meat company, I, I, but.
0: Yeah, so my company, again, is called the Better Meat Co. And I'm an, I'm an, e- an evangelist, yes, for our company, but for the entire space. Uh, Just in the same way, if I were running a solar energy company, I'd be rooting for the all of the renewables, whether it's wind or geothermal and more right like we, we we're all putting our ore in the water to solve this problem. And we increasingly recognize that fossil fuels are a problem that we need to transition away from them. But it's time for us to recognize that raising animals for food is similarly a major problem and a crisis for humanity, and we have to move away from them. We cannot continue going down the path that we have been on with regard to this, and we have to make meat without animals. I'll give you an example. So you think about the way that we got ice for centuries. The only way to get ice was through nature. And you know we had an entire ice industry that was based on harvesting blocks of ice from frozen rivers and lakes, putting them on insulated boats and shipping them all around the world. And so the only way anybody knew how to get ice was letting nature cool water down and then harvesting it. Then enter the advent of refrigeration. And all of a sudden you had a way to make ice, not through nature, but through human technology. And the ice barons of that era were livid. They were livid over what they referred to as an artificial ice. And they said, it's unnatural. It goes against God, don't consume it. You don't want this artificial ice. And of course you fast forward to today and all of us have artificial ice makers in our homes. We Mm -hmm. don't think there's anything unnatural about it at all. We call them freezers. And most people would not consider living without one. And so that is an example of something where we used to get it from nature, now we get it from human-made technology, and we're very happy, we're happier that we're doing this. We, we are grateful that somebody figured out a way that we no longer have to harvest ice out of frozen lakes. Similarly, we are grateful that we no longer have to whip horses in order to get us to move around anymore. You know, we used to have a huge industry based just on beating horses so that they would take us around. Uh, We used to light our homes with whale oil, Uh, you know, that was a a huge source of lighting in our homes was whale oil. Well, most people today don't want ice out of a lake, they don't want to be transported by a horse, they don't want to light their home with a dead whale's uh, oil. They want to have a refrigerator, they want to have a car, they want to have light coming from a light bulb, Um, and these are all technologies that we invented that reduced our reliance on, in this case, you know, animals for, for all these purposes. And I think that future generations are going to be quite grateful that we invented ways to satiate humanity's meat tooth without animals. They're going to think, oh, I'm so glad that we don't have to lock animals up in tiny cages and, and put them through slaughterhouses and more in order to get meat. That's
2: what I was wondering, because, you know, I've heard so much about, you know, my dad was a farmer and you know, the farmers are getting fewer and fewer and fewer too. And because it's getting harder and harder to farm. And so uh, I'm guessing for that reason too, will be a benefit to our country as well to, you know, of course not to the farmers that are farming still, but what I mean is just to have other, you know, access to other ways of getting what people are wanting that, yeah and, and healthier ways so I think it's really awesome
0: so I'm totally with, I'm totally with you Donna I mean you know look times change we don't go right. to blockbuster video anymore we stream right. our videos because we prefer it exactly you know we, we, we no longer we have to, have to go take our, with the
2: change in times
0: yeah right we yep. no longer take our negatives to the store to get them printed and hope that they were good we now get our film or our photos immediately and mm-hmm. you know it's just there are changes technology creates changes in the economy and creating meat without animals will be one of those changes not saying that it's it's it you know that um there won't be changes just like we don't have blockbuster videos anymore but over time we will prefer these new methods they're more efficient more sustainable more humane and we will be glad to no longer have to do it the old way
2: yeah yeah i i think so too so, your book, tell us about your book. Is it just describing a little bit more in depth of how this process works and just getting the information out there?
0: Uh, sure. So, the book, which again is called Clean Meat How Growing Meat Without Animals Will Revolutionize Dinner and the World, is not a sciencey book. It's a really more like a pop business book. And what it does is it chronicles the stories of the entrepreneurs, the investors, the scientists who are all racing to bring the world's first slaughter-free meat to the table. And so these are companies that are being started by people who are coming from environmental organizations or they are cardiologists or they're animal welfare advocates and they want to solve this problem because they want to stop heart attacks or they want to save the planet or they want to prevent animal cruelty and more. And they're leaving their jobs to come to this new nascent industry And create companies that they believe will be like the next Netflix, right? So we were just talking about switching from Blockbuster. Well, we all know what replaced it. Well, they believe that this is an opportunity not only to solve really serious problems facing our species right now, but that will be the biggest business opportunities on the planet. And so there's a race right now. And it's not just these small timers who are coming, let's say, from the nonprofit world into the business space. The biggest meat companies themselves, Tyson Foods, JBS, Cargill, they are all putting money into this space right now. In fact, the largest meat producer on the planet, which is called JBS, just announced a $100 million fund to start advancing this, what's called cultivated meat or growing meat without animals. And Uh so, you know, so this is uh, now all of a sudden big business. And it's not even commercialized yet. And you see this race that is happening. And that's the story that I tell in my book. It's about the people oh, who, are in, who are in this race.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I'm all into anything that's healthier and better for us. So I think it's great that you're bringing this to the world and the knowledge to us to understand kind of what it is and, and then also bringing the meat that we can enjoy Um, I do enjoy meat. I just always was worried about the benefits. Like, is it, is it too much? Is it hurting? Cause I work out and I'm always, I'm my personal trainer tells me all the time, you know, protein is it, you got to have your protein, you got to have your protein and you have to have lots of protein. So to do that, it's really hard to do without meat.
0: The good news, Donna, is that you can get protein from the plant kingdom. I mean, just eat one can of It's true.
2: It's true. And and I do, but it's really, I mean, I feel like you have to eat so much of it, so much more. It's just so filling.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was put it this way. One can of lentil soup has as much protein as three hot dogs. So can we eat a can of lentil soup? Uh, I don't eat hot you dogs. Know? <laughs> yeah, but you know, but yeah, you, you, but you get the but point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I very, very few uh-huh. people are going to eat, very few people are going to eat three hot dogs is my point. Mm-hmm. Even though we perceive hot dogs as a high protein food, but you, you know, just one can of lentil soup gets you there. Um, so there is a, a lot uh, that you can do. And uh, I, I recommend great websites. In fact, I will plug my wife's website called Plant Based on a Budget. So go to plantbasedonabudget.com. And she has really awesome recipes on there. So um, I'm going to do my good duty as a husband and recommend her website. But check out plantbasedonabudget.com.
1: <laughs>
2: Plant based on a budget.
0: Enjoy. I think you'll really like it, Donna.
2: Awesome. I uh, definitely will check it out.
0: Yes. And, so and I I'm always <laughs> looking
2: for for new ways, new ideas, because, yeah, the meat, my meat, my body just isn't, it's um, not as happy, I guess, um, with meat. Like, you know, it just makes... Uh, makes my body respond differently and I don't like it. So, you know, maybe a little gassier, maybe just um, a little more bloated, you know, that kind of thing. So I actually prefer more plant-based. So if I can find ways to actually do some recipes that are, you know, or maybe the meat, this new meat might help as well. So I'm really, really excited to check out that. So are you saying, do you not ship the meat from your company or do you
0: uh we're an ingredients provider so we're not going to ship okay so you just provide the
2: ingredients for them got it yeah
0: right we're We're partnered with 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 companies like Purdue Farms and Hormel Foods and so on
2: okay okay very good so that's helpful because I was kind of trying to figure out how we get people in touch with somebody that does that so we'll just have to do a little research to be able to do that but thank you for bringing the information out there thank you for bringing this wonderful product or bringing part of what they need for this product and being able to help us be a healthier planet and healthier people i think it's, it's really awesome.
0: wonderful it's really wonderful to talk with you donna thanks so yeah, much you i appreciate too. it
2: now do you have a website that you can share with us
0: Yes. So if you're interested in learning more about the Better Meat Co., our website is just bettermeat.co. Again, that's bettermeat.co. And if you're interested in reading my book, Clean Meat, you can get it anywhere books are sold, including Amazon, or you can go to the book's official website, which is just cleanmeat.com.
2: Okay. Very cool. Well, I look forward to checking that out as well. So thank you again, Paul, for being on the show today. And thank you for bringing this great message. We really appreciate it.
0: I'm grateful, Donna. Thanks so much.
2: You're welcome. This is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now, and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show thank you again for joining us this is donna gammon and this is power to grow